and then it goes, and then it goes, doom, 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 dun, 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 dun. Dude, they ripped it off from that song. It literally does do that. It goes, dum, 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 dum. I could play it for you, but we don't have the license for playing that one. So, yeah. So, let me play the rest of it here. Um, well, no, I, I'm not going to play the rest of it because I, I got most of it. But uh, did you hear that? Said I heard that, yeah. I passed that around to a few people. I don't know if they listened to it. Uh, we talked about it, and I was like, oh, no, I got a buddy of mine. He did blah, blah, and, you know, it was like, here's the, you know, sent them the podcast. Yeah. It's, but I never uh, heard back. Yeah, but that was uh, unique. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta drop this. I gotta boost your audio and drop mine. I'm running on my semi-primitive dining room mini studio, and so okay, say something, Bentley. Something, Bentley. See, now we're good. We got ourselves leveled up. Turn the me, main, me, me, me. Turn the main system volume up on my mixer, and then I dropped myself a little bit to try to. Equalize our levels. What do you know about that? Kind of normalize the stuff, baby. A very socialist of you. There was a um, there was a few uh, really important points I wanted to kind of drag out of that audio session um, with uh, Eliza, the machine learning project at chai dot a oh, dot ml ml for machine learning. Apparently, um, one thing is is that um. She, let me see, let me go back. Okay, I want to talk about emergent properties, right? So, an emergent property, what is an emergent property? Well, that's like um, sentience, like we have, um, we're aware of our own existence, we're self-aware. We, you know, consciousness and sentience is um, pretty hard to describe. In fact, some people say it's like impossible to try to define. But I know that I'm me. And I'm aware of my existence. And some people say, well, you have to have a body so that you can feel pleasure and pain and you can feel your breathing and your heart beating and you can see you got input. And that all combines to create this conscious awareness. <clears throat> but I don't, I don't think that's it. I think that we have consciousness because we are three beings in one. That's my little theory, is that we're mind, body, and spirit. And so we're three beings at one, at one in one at the same time, uh, concurrent with each other, and in constant real-time communication with each other at, like, what, maybe the quantum level or whatever. And so we're constantly witnessing in real-time to each other of our own existence. That's my theory. So if you were going to build like a sentient machine, you would need three machines that were like the same only and hooked all together that were communicating with each other and perhaps maybe a fourth machine where this um, emergent property could could <laughs> like – um, take up residence. <laughs> so, that's my theory. I don't know. 
it's like, I think it's a pretty good theory. I don't know. Uh, I think we're created by God, and we're to be like Him, to be three, three separate entities in one. Like God is um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we're mind, body, and soul. And I think we were created by God very, very, very uniquely and specially in order that we would have an emergent prop, we would have emergent properties where we'd have develop a consciousness would grow out of all three is what I'm trying to say. It would emerge out of all three, which why they say emergent property. What do you think, Bentley? Uh, I, I agree. I'm with you on that. I can't argue with you on that. Don't you know? I'd love to, though. But <laughs> let's just keep going to see if I can find something to argue about. I was talking to my wife, and you know, we were talking about having problems sleeping because we both have problems sleeping. Sometimes I can sleep real good. Other times, man, it's a few days, three or four days. I'll go with like an hour of sleep, half an hour of sleep each night. And my wife was saying that you know she. You know, she just she lays there and she can't stop um, listening to the thoughts that are in her head. And I went, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, back up, back up, back up. You can't stop. You can't stop listening to the thoughts that are in your head. She said, right. I said, so wait a minute. So you are not your. I said, so there's somebody else listening to your thoughts, right? And she's like, uh, and I said, so you would say that you're, you are not your thoughts. She goes, oh, no, I am, I am not my thoughts. I'm like, oh, so there's somebody else there besides <laughs> the person that's in there thinking, <laughs> right? So she just like described an emergent property. Like if you are listening to your thoughts, but you're not your thoughts, who are you? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's like, it's like, wait a minute, there must be somebody else listening to your thoughts. Because I thought your thoughts were you. She goes, oh, no, my thoughts aren't me. I'm not my thoughts. I'm like, oh. It's like you're problem solving. You know, you can have thoughts and you can run through scenarios with those thoughts. But there's somebody else listening to the thoughts, which well, is a different person. Which would you're talking about the person who's having the thoughts? Yeah, listening to their own thoughts. They can't stop <laughs> listening to their own thoughts. Well, okay. if you're to your thoughts, you must not be your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> She's, her thoughts are uh, are running, whether she wants them to or not. Yeah, tell me about it. Like it's, me, I don't have that problem. You don't. Like, okay, no. I go to. I lay down. I've actually had uh, girls, women, my honeys, who have been insulted that I can just lay down and be like asleep in three minutes. Ah, one of those guys. I'm jelly. They're like, "Why is that?" And I'm like, "I'm good to go. I ain't got no thoughts to run through my head. I'm, you know, everything I needed to do. I don't have a." I didn't screw anybody over, not to say that, you know, I don't have any doubts in what I did all day. I'm going to lay down here and go to bed. And every now and you know, and then maybe at like 2 o'clock in the morning, I might wake up and go, oh, oh I, I shouldn't have done that. 
<laughs> I probably shouldn't have done that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you are, so you're not without some type of, <laughs> without <laughs> something, you know, sometime during the night, you know, I will wake up with a realization that at some point I was a butthole. And probably could have done that whole thing, which I thought I was com- completely and utterly fine with doing at the time. And then realized, like, oh, no, 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 that wasn't cool, dude. You thought it was cool. We both did, apparently. But now <laughs> one of us don't think that was very cool to do. After reflecting on it, I used to hang out when I was in my when I was a kid, basically, I was early 20, 21, 22. I used to hang out with this guy, uh, Don, Don Scumford. That's, that's what I call him. I can't remember his last name. Big black guy. And we used to hang out all the time, and uh, he he dragged me around to different family members. Oh, I, well, I got to go see my sister. I go, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll see you later. Oh, no, white boy, you're coming along. I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. And so we'd go, and they'd get in a big fight, right? And then he'd be, oh, he'd be all pissed and talking smack about his sister all the way back to his place. And then we would smoke a bunch of pot, and he'd be like, oh, no, what did, what did I say to my sister? I go, dude, you, like, got all over <laughs> And I know that he's all stoned and all of a sudden filled with regrets because now he's like, he can... He goes, man, this stuff makes you think. I said, I know. It really makes you think. It makes you reflect, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm having a review. I go, yeah. I go, <laughs> I go, and then, and then knowing that he's really, you know, freaking out about it, I would yeah, pile it on just to mess with him. I'd be like, yeah, dude, you really mess with your sister. Dude, dude it's like, man, it, she was like your worst enemy. He goes, why do you treat people like that? <laughs> He'd be like all in tears and stuff. Oh, yeah. Sometimes pot will make you reflect. You know, if it's like really strong pot, you'll like be a little smack you in the face and you'll be like, oh my God, what did I do today? What did I say? (laughs) I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) I, I I have bipolar disorder really bad and I take medication for it. And what it does is it makes me, it turns the hamster wheel off. Because there's a hamster wheel that's in – it's a metaphoric hamster wheel. But, you know, it's like a hamster wheel in your brain, and there's like a hamster running on it, and the hamster doesn't stop. And the wheel keeps turning around and around and around. <laughs> and the, the wheel is filled with all these thoughts and regrets and, like, emotional whatevers, and it just keeps – the hamster keeps running, right? And it never gets anywhere. It just keeps running and the wheel keeps turning and turning. And and the medication will turn the hamster wheel off. And I just like, well, think like normally and quietly, you know, and regular style, regular, regular type thinking. But what happened is if I run out when it's wearing off, um, I'll have all these all these um i'll have these good thoughts and i'll try i'll be bu- really bummed out because i'll be on a downswing on a bipolar downswing it's a very very heavy depression and what what makes it real bad is that i'll try to think of good thoughts but they'll be dis they'll be connected with bad thoughts which they shouldn't be right so i'll have 
I'll try to think of a good thought, but it'll be tethered with a really, really bad thought. And so it'll drag it down and turn it into a bad thought, even though it was a good thought. It's connected in my brain with a bad thought. Well, that's horrible. Yeah, it's brutal, dude. It is brutal. My wife, she feels sorry for me when that happens. She's like, I don't wish there was something I could do for you. I'm like, ah, I just got to get through it, you know. I just got to get through it. But I have this little theory. Walk it off, baby. Yeah. I have this little theory that um, what's happening on the medication is that I'm, since I feel pretty good most of the time when when the medication's working, my theory is that I'm connecting bad thoughts with good thoughts. So bad thoughts become good. It's the opposite. I'm like, so, and and since I've gone so long, let's say I'm like, I'm medicated for a month. That's a month worth of all these bad thoughts that my brain connects with good thoughts and brings them up to being good. So that when it wears off and I don't have it, then it's the opposite. It's the opposite happens. Then the good thoughts get hooked with the bad thoughts and dragged down, and they become bad. So that's that's my little theory. I don't know. I don't okay. know. I mean, I it's, it's I up, my dad was the uh, could have been the poster boy for bipolar because when you know when at one end of things, if you needed something. He could be an angel with actual wings and make positive, good things happen. And on the other end of the swinging, he could train you with a baseball bat to your head. And it was kind of cool being around something like that. You didn't get the baseball bat to the head unless you really kind of had it coming. (laughs) <laughs> but you were more likely to get it on the downswing. On yeah, the- you were. Yeah, you weren't going to get help that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad. My dad was. Well, he was a longshoreman back in the day when. Well, longshoremen are still mean, but he was like when they were really, really mean. And plus, and he'd be all right until he started drinking. Then he'd get. We'd just run and hide from him. We just learned to just hide. We. Right. I used to run down in the forest. And just stay there until he went to bed. (laughs) Well, this would be with, like, people, people. Like, if it was, like, with, like, me, you know, the family, that would be one thing. Like, he would be doing this to, like, you know, strangers kind of thing. And over the years, I would know when either one could be coming out, right? Like, I knew when somebody was pushing a button that had Mr. Baseball Bat against your head was going to solve this problem. (laughs) And I watched him one day, and I knew that that guy should be coming out at any moment. Like, oh, this guy's going to be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad it's not me. You learned real early on what the buttons were. and you Yeah. You know, I'm an adult at this point. And uh, my dad just lets it go. And I was like, huh, it's like, I guess those meds must be working because <laughs> he was finally on meds at this point, you know, and uh, he's like, yeah, 
He's like, you think I would have done something else? And I was like, oh, I could have bet the bank on what you were going to do. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they had him. They finally got him normal on lithium and Thorazine. Because I remember like catching that when I was young and was like, what the hell? I was like, well, all right. You know, if that makes you not, you know, throw people out the window. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't take anything that strong. Uh, my my Aunt Mary Kay took lithium and that really worked really good on her. I guess it works really good for bipolar. It kind of evens you out, keeps you on. Oh, he was normal, normal on that. Like, me or you on that would probably be like, Yeah. Oh, I took Thorazine once. A friend of mine had some, you know, and um, he's like, hey, you want some, you want some, want some of my Thorazine? I'm like, "Uh, isn't that the stuff that, like, they take in, like, the mental hospitals and the guys, like, end up sitting there drooling all over themselves? He's like, yeah, totally, dude. I'm like, oh, sure. Okay, I'll try it. Dude, I don't ever want to take that stuff again. It turned everything into every. They took all the good out of the world. <laughs> well, my dad was perfectly a human being on lithium and thorazine. Wow, that's what happens when you're really way out of balance. These pretty radical meds will just make you normal. Yeah, because I I got to see, you know, some crazy things with the old man. It was kind of cool. Oh yeah, me too. My dad. I got to talk to him, talked him out of killing a man in front of his kids when I was ten. Wow. Over a the guy did something in traffic, and me getting in front of my in front of the dude and his kids and tell my dad no. He's like looking at me, and I was like, "What? He got in front of you, and you're going to stab him in front of his kids?" Are you insane? And I was like ten. I was an awesome kid. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, you got you had balls of steel. Yeah, I was like, y'all get in the car and go. <laughs> yeah, get in the car and go. My dad will kill you. <laughs> and him like just looking at me like, what the hell? Yeah, I'm like, no. Did your dad snap out of it? He snapped out of it. I think when I was like standing there in front of him. Being a 10-year-old telling him, uh, yeah, they cut you off in traffic, and you both got out of your car, and you got a knife, and you're going to stab him. Like, he will he will stab him. He's not going to stand there and talk to him, <laughs> you know, yeah. like like normal people would do. Right. Sit there and yell and scream. No, Dad would actually stab him. It wouldn't even be much conversation. It's just, there would be no conversation, yeah. <laughs> It'd be like a, a prison shanking where nobody ever sees it coming. You know, all of a sudden, guy comes around the corner, step, 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 step. <laughs> I was raised with that mentality. It was kind of fun arguing with someone who wanted you to grow up to be just like them. And I was like, dude. I don't think so, Dad. You want me to operate in the real world, outside of this part of the world where we grew up, where we can get away with acting like this? <laughs> you know? Yeah, because you are country people. Yeah, I'm like, I want to be able to go places, and you can't act like this in the real people world. society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dad, you can't just stab people in polite society. Yeah, you can't do that in Oregon. 
No, you can't. No, you can't even really. Well, I don't know. I mean, Oregon anymore. It's getting pretty. That is where I coined when one of them asked me some little smart ass hippie, uh, one of those hippies in designer clothing. Oh yeah, with, like in the with yeah. a, like a master's degree in some kind of liberal arts. Yeah, <laughs> Northwest Portland, you run into a lot of those, and a lot of them are. Then you had that's where you got your blue haired lesbians, like in the Hawthorne district in Northwest. And that's when I coined the phrase that I was a recovering redneck. Because he, he said something about me being a redneck, and I was like, no. <laughs> He's like, well, then what are you? I was like, I'm a recovering redneck. Because if I were your age, I was like, kid, oh, my God. I was like, but I'm sitting here, and we're talking. I must be a recovering redneck. Yeah, because you're still alive. Because I have not tried to pinch your head off of your shoulders. <laughs> That's <laughs> that I'm recovering. I'm I would I would never think of you as a redneck. You have that you're like you're kinda you got a real country type personality and you're down home, but redneck no, you're not you're I'm just, not. You're not in that part of the world where I grew up though, it was a little different, but I was different also. I'm gonna have to tell you, you know, I wasn't your average uh, person. I didn't tolerate a lot of that. Matter of fact, I would rather want somebody to beat me up and then sit there and listen to them or put up with it and nobody ever beat me up yeah you know um yeah you come across as you sound like a redneck but i know you personally and you're like totally the opposite of redneck i mean i am you're very you're very open-minded and you're very intelligent people you you don't come across as intelligent, but if you listen to you talk long enough, you're like, wait a minute, this guy's this guy's smart as hell. <laughs> it just took him thirty minutes. Billy Meadows, who would have thunk it? But he's right. Two plus two is four. Yeah, some of the things you say and the insights that you come up with, just you know, just out of nowhere, I'm listening to you. I'm like, hey. I never thunk of that. Well, sometimes I have them right then. I'm like sitting there talking about it. I'm like, oh my God. Well, how about this? <laughs> oh, it's a blessing. I never thought about it like that until just right now. Oh, I surprised myself. Hey, I'm a genius. Give me a trophy. I'm a genius. That boy's a genius. I think my, my epiphany the other night was when, uh, why would the devil be in a rush to get to the end if he knows he's losing like we all know why wouldn't he take his time i was like man if i knew the old man was coming home and i was going to get the belt you know i tried to make that time a little longer than normal I, you know i wasn't in a hurry to get it i was gonna see if there was something i could do to get out of it maybe <laughs> <laughs> bargaining <laughs> yeah i was like so maybe the devil don't want to get us you know into the end times it wouldn't behoove him to do that no no that's a good point i never actually thought of that let's see how you are bentley meadows that boy's a genius give that boy a trophy he's a genius yeah i was just like all of a sudden i'm like well man it wouldn't make sense for him to want it would make sense for him to carry out just this crazy madness that we live in 
The thing is, though, I mean, that makes perfect sense, but I just thought of something. And, you know, where, like, in the Iron Maiden song, it says, he, the devil comes with wrath, for he knows his time is short. So he probably just knows his his number is just about up. So now so he's just doing all kinds of brutality. Just I don't know though. It wouldn't help the devil one bit to push the end times along. It wouldn't. And I and I've always been under the impression that he would. That it would be, <laughs> but it wouldn't. Yeah, I mean it's, it's been two thousand years as we, as you know right now. So obviously it's not like, and even then, it was you know in in any of the the, the beginning of uh, Revelation, it's talking about the time is near. It's at hand. It's right now, and that's at the, you know the first three verses of the book. He's like a little kid asking mom and dad if he can just stay up for one more TV show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I've always had a problem with that guy, too. I'm like, you know, what a whiny guy. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) No, it it wouldn't help the devil at all to try to push the end times along because that's his end time. So he's just like, you know. Yeah, Yeah, we think about it that it's our end times, but it's not. It's our beginning times. We you know the propaganda on it's been crazy, but it's the beginning times for us and the end times for him and the Illuminati. Yeah, the Illuminati and the Freemasons. Although, yeah, those guys. Not the high, not the A low bunch of sissies. Not the low level Freemasons like my grandpa Fred. The, the high level ones, the ones that are plotting to uh, destroy most of the population because they don't want to wait at stoplights anymore. (laughs) That's the real reason they want to kill us off. They're sick of waiting at stoplights. I don't want to if I have to. Like if I'm sitting at a stoplight and there's no traffic coming or going and I've got to sit there now because... It's red, and I get it, but I'm like, uh, okay. We can't be adults about things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Counselor Mark is working on this. Uh, it's sort of like a – he says he's writing a book, and it compares uh, uh, people driving in traffic to being – to their Christian walk, which is kind of interesting, you know. Um, you know, kind of like, are you a good driver? Do you share the road, you know, and all that? Or are you one of those guys that's just yelling at people and flipping them off and making it right? I'm with him on that. I, uh, I've, I've likened it to that. I talk about like, I've only really only met a couple people in from one end of America to the other that I thought might be evil. And even those people, somewhere in their story, they had a good story. They had an excuse to be evil? No, no. (laughs) But at one point, they did something really good. But at the point where I knew them, they were evil. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and that's cool. But uh, that's from one end of America to the other. 
and you know, and I think, okay, well, most people must be all right, you know, because I miss everybody else was cool, you know. I met a few dicks, you know, you know, a few thieves or whatever. I met people, and they weren't that bad. They all weren't murderous, crazy people. But then you get on the roads, and well, then you find out people are a lot different on the on the road than in person. You know why that is, according to my mama, what she said? She said that the reason is is because when they get in their cars, they're a lot more big and a lot more powerful than they are when they're standing on the street. So they have a lot more – they're a lot more ready to push people around because they can. I guess they got a big – they're uh, – yeah. Okay. That's what but, mama said. You're, you know – I. I don't, uh, I, I, I try not to ever disagree with anybody's mama. Right. Well, well, you got a little wimpy guy and everybody pushes him around. But then when he gets in his big four wheel drive pickup truck, all of a sudden he becomes one of the biggest people around. Well, yeah. Biggest, toughest, meanest, most powerful people around because that truck becomes an extension of his sorry ass. <laughs> you know, sorry, wimpy ass. <laughs> Now all of a sudden he's tough. <laughs> no more Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> no, I think um I, I don't know if that's true or not. I know that I know that, you know, there's just personality types, you know. Yeah. If you're like type A, then you're kind of a butthole in traffic. But I, I was I was forced to take a defensive driving course. Because I got a what was it, a speeding ticket. It was a pretty high velocity speeding ticket. Anyway, go. Were you on your motorcycle? I was. No, I was. What was I in a car? I can't remember which car I was in. I was in. Would have been in my. Uh, <laughs> I would have been in my Geo Metro. <laughs> There's Johnny. <laughs> there you are. Your big giant car. <laughs> yeah, Geo Metro, big extension of my sorry ass. Like you must have had like ego just flopping out the window. I don't know how you went that fast. I'm going like 90 miles an hour in my Geo Metro. Talk about stupid. What's the definition of foolish? You're going to have to put some uh, high-velocity oil in that car. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm in the defensive driving course, and it was ge- it was uh, uh, given by an emergency nurse and a police officer. And anyway, so it was, the nurse came and was telling us about all the horrible you know, accidents and drawing us a picture and – she had slides of people with their arms cut off and a doctor holding their arm and trying to put it back on and <laughs> oh my. trying to scare the hell out of us. Anyway, ah. we, <laughs> they actually, um, actually, uh, on a side note, um, I'll, I'll get back to it, but when, when all that was about 1993, 90, yeah, about 1993, 94, the, um, the city that I lived in, I lived in Salem, Oregon. You know where that is at the time. Yeah. It's about 50 miles South of Portland. Um, but the, the, the city of Salem or, or it might've been the smaller city Kaiser I lived in decided they were going to do this program of like hard, Hard, what do you call that? Hard learning or tough, tough love. Tough love, hard school, hard knocks. Yeah. So anyway, when somebody, so their program was that anytime somebody died in an accident, 
they would take their body and put the body in a big clear plastic bag right on the side of the road there on the shoulder so that everybody driving by could see this mutilated body. Uh, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. With a what, big sign up there that what says... What evil a- ant came up with that idea? <laughs> I don't know. Dude, I don't know. I, it's hard to believe they actually... It didn't last long, dude. It was like it lasted a few months, and there people were, I guess, were freaking out. Yeah, uh, like I would have had to pull over and told them move that. What the hell's wrong with you? What in the hell is wrong with you? Oh, and they did it once on Salem Parkway, and there was a really bad on Verde Lane, where it crosses Salem Parkway, is a really dangerous one. Anyway, they had a big. They had a lady. And she was naked, and like her, one of her legs was ripped off, and she, one of her arms was ripped off, and they had her. And she was like folded, and like, and then they put the leg across her face, like she was chewing on her leg, in this clear plastic bag with a big sign that said, "This is what happens when you drink and drive." <laughs> there was blood dripping out of the bag and running uh. off the road, dude. If oh, I would have had a kid and they would have seen that, I would have freaked on people. Well, I think that's what happened. I think that's what happened. And I, I remember getting home and telling the wife about it. You'll never guess what I saw out there, dear. Like, what the hell is wrong? That's some people. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's um yeah, but that's. That's a um, that's a, like a little side road that I took here. But back to the defensive driving course, they the cop it was his turn, so he brings up this chart and he puts it on the screen like a it was on a big screen behind him, and it was a bar graph of the leading causes of uh, traffic deaths, and um, there was this there was a few smaller bars and then this gigantic bar that was like. T- Oh, five times taller than the rest of us, practically breaking through the top of the chart. And he says, All right, these are the leading causes of traffic death. Can any tell me anybody tell me what this bar represents? The big one. And everybody's like raising their hand, drinking and driving, drinking and drug drugs. And he goes, No, this this one here's is drugs, and it's this tiny little bar next to it. And the drink drunk driving was a little bit bigger bar, but very tiny next to that giant bar. And everybody's making all these guesses and nobody can guess it. And uh, finally he goes, okay, you guys done guessing? They go, yeah. Everybody goes, yeah. He goes, "Um, road rage. He said, in the last decade, we've seen an exponential increase in deaths caused by road rage. So I was amazed. I thought, wow. Um, people are getting angry. How do you say? It? People are getting angry. Angry. They <laughs> was angry. I don't. I don't want to be that guy. I, I. I don't mind to put myself in check. But yeah, I get. I get people. I get it. You know, I. Uh, I got good social skills, and a lot of people lack that. Yeah, and you can. You can maneuver. Through society, I can because I have such excellent social skills. I had a dog. <clears throat> she had social skills with dogs. And uh, I was going to put her in the backyard with these two pit bulls. That didn't, they didn't like other dogs. And she's 
so I'd tell the girl, I was like, oh no, Frankie, she's, she's good. Uh, she's got social skills. <laughs> she's like, what? I was like, she knows how to act around dogs. She's got it down. Whatever it is she needs, however, whatever they expect, she's got it. And a few minutes later, she was chasing them around and they were playing. It was crazy. But yeah, people don't have social skills anymore at all. I'm ate up with it. <laughs> well, when we were kids, um, at least in my family, we were taught to be polite. That was like the biggest thing that you could be was polite. Yeah. I'm super polite. Yes, you are a very polite individual. So apparently your mama raised you that way. I would say so. Yeah. I don't think these kids, my mom, my, my, my family, you know, my aunts and uncles also grandparents and the neighborhood parents, you know, I, I was cool. And later on in life, I actually, uh, a lady told my, uh, an, an ex-girlfriend that me and my brother and sister were the absolute politest, best mannered kids she's ever been around. And she'd been around thousands of them. So that was really cool. We have that in common and it's, it's rare. I don't run across polite people really anymore much. And when I do, I'm really impressed with them. I'm like, wow, thinking, wow, your mama really raised you right. You know, how important is being polite, you know, in as far as getting along in life? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, there are uh, people, and I love them. I like to call them the, uh, they, I call them, they, they have no couth. And some of those people I love. I love them. Oh, my yeah. Honey, my honey, sometimes she has no cooth. Like, I like how some, when some people ask her a question, I'm like, oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. She's not going to answer that the way I would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been around friends, and there's somebody will say something to them, and I'm like, oh, no, you did not just say that. Oh, no, I'm, 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 I'm going to go outside now. <laughs> I don't want to be here for what comes next. <laughs> oh, no, you know, you can get me angry, though. If, you know, you push me enough, I'll lose my politeness. If you start pushing me around enough, you have to like almost slap me, but I can't. so I don't know if I get angry. angry. You know, I remember like, uh, I had a habit of not losing fights and, uh, sometimes people wanted to know why. And, uh, <laughs> and I didn't mind telling them, <laughs> you know, as I like put my glasses in my inside pocket of the car heart, <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, you know why? It's because usually I'm scared that somebody's going to hurt me. Are you going to hurt me? <laughs> like, uh, no. <laughs> That's why I win because I'm afraid somebody's going to hurt me, dude. And then I'm like, you know, I, I got walking off insurance. 
you know, so I'm not going to the hospital. I'm not going to be the guy that goes to the hospital. You, somebody else is going to the hospital. It is not me. <laughs> I might go to the hospital, Bentley, but I just want something. I just want a piece of you to carry with me, put in my pocket and take well, with to the hospital. Did, but I was raised <laughs> by the old man, you know, so there is this other little dark side that oh, yeah. people really don't want to. But, you know, I'm scared that you're going to see this because some people have and and it scared them. And they're like, oh, dude, you scared the hell out of me. I did not know you were capable of that. And I'm like, well, they scared me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. But, you know, I don't look for fights. Never have. No, I try to avoid them because mostly – well, one thing is I don't want to hurt anybody, and I don't want to get hurt. And I, I, my job as a longshoreman is if I get hurt, I can't work. And then if I can't work, I can't make any money, and there's really no – I mean I guess I – guess, and also if I went to jail, I would go past my 30 days without working, and then I'd lose my plug forever so there's all that well there is the thing where i was raised guy and dot otherwise known as dirt otherwise known as dodge so i'm not there so otherwise most people just want to run their mouth and if that's all they want to do i'm socially acceptable you know if you think i can't talk my way out or talk someone down <clears throat> I know that somebody's wanting to fight right away. You can tell. I yeah, I grew up in Portland, which in the you know, I know when I yeah, I know when somebody actually wants to fight and when they yeah. really just I, want want to yell. Yeah, I can defuse anything. Yeah. Yeah, you you know when you got a person that's like walks away and goes, "Oh, I sure told him." You told him, well, that's okay. You didn't, that's so what? You told him, oh, well. Yeah, I consider that a win, too. (laughs) I sure told him. Remember, people used to say that when we were kids. Nobody says that anymore, but. (laughs) No, I probably told them that was probably why it got me into trouble. I was in any way. He's a tough guy because I sure told him. I'm a tough guy. I sure told him. I really gave him a piece of my mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's another one. I sure gave him a piece of my mind. It's like, so what? He's still walking. What? (laughs) My, My best, one of my best advice about a fight, which the guy did not take, was, uh, in seventh grade, he was going to, Pick a fight with this girl who was a monster. <laughs> yeah, it's like she she was like the dude in the leather jacket that smoked cigarettes in the corner by himself. But it was a girl who will, you know, I was the only person that could talk to her. Like I said, I was socially acceptable. Only I could approach this girl. But anyway, I remember telling him, do not do that. He's like, oh, no, I got to do it. And I'm like. Dude, don't, and don't do it in front of everybody at school. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, because then you, yeah, then you're gonna have to admit you yeah. got your butt. He's like, girl. Well, she's just a girl, and I was like, yeah, well, you know, I you know, I'd have to, I'd hit her with a two by four if I would mess with her. That's how I would handle this girl, and I'm in seventh grade. <laughs> I, I work, I work with a longshoreman like that, Daytona Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, do not mess with that one. No. No, yeah, but she, she made quick work of him in front of everybody but me because I went the other way because I was like, I don't even want to watch this. I went the other way to the house. We used to, down there. They were we cheering have, when he got there. We used to have a wrestling <laughs> show in Portland, Portland Wrestling on every – it was on KPD, KPTV 12. We'd watch it after uh, every Saturday night and uh, – that was a big deal in Portland. Everybody tuned into Portland wrestling. Anyway, I used to go go there when I was fourteen, and this huge black chick, gigantic afro. She was, she must have been four hundred pounds, no fat. She was like a gorilla. She was like this giant gorilla. She just loved me. I was her pet white boy, and so I was safe down there. When I normally, just somebody like me wouldn't be there. I just wasn't tough enough to be at Portland wrestling. In St. John's in the St. John's district on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> I would just sit there with that girl. I would just sit there. She just loved me and she just kept everybody from beating me up. It was great. Yeah. You know, there was that we should do some crazy news. There's a German ice cream parlor that offers cricket cricket flavored scoops of ice cream. What do you think of that? Nope. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? They, you offering this to me? I'm like, man, what are you trying to do? Start a fight? This is real news. It's on the AP wire. Uh, Berlin AP, a German ice cream parlor, has expanded its menu with a skin-crawling offering. Cricket-flavored scoops with dried brown cr- crickets on top. Oh, no, 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 no. You know what? <laughs> Put some, throw some bacon on there instead, and all right, all right, then you're cool. You don't want <laughs> you don't want to eat the bacon and your ice cream. Get away! Don't even you don't even need to eat. Is there bacon flavored ice cream? I, I I don't know. I don't know if I could do bacon flavored, but it tastes like some. Can you just a little bit of hot fudge and a couple of little bacon sprinkles on the top of that on your vanilla ice cream? <clears throat> Uh, well, not the chocolate, but it was like a maple ice cream with bacon sprinkles. I there you go. Oh, wow. Going all Canadian now. Oh man, yeah. There's a there's a, a Voodoo Donuts in Portland. Liquid gold. I'm telling you, that actually sounds pretty. Voodoo Donuts in in Portland. They have they specialize in really weird donuts. They have I've a, heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. They have a bacon maple bar that's unbelievably good. I think I've seen that on TV a few times, I'm sure. Yeah, it's probably made national news. It really, yeah, it's probably really famous. It's delicious. Bacon I know bacon. I would go there. Come I, on. Why wouldn't you? I, uh, Voodoo donuts. Do donuts. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. It's like. Um, they got a like a, it looks like a Munsters Munsters mobile, and they've got like a the the logo is like this really creepy guy in a circus 
Um, you know who who's the ringleader? Ring ringmaster. Mm-hmm. There you go, ringmaster. Yeah. yeah, he looks like an evil ringmaster. He's got a magic wand. Voodoo donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Voodoo. Uh, it's the hoodoo you got to worry about. Oh, speaking of weird, olive oil in coffee Starbucks in Italy is uh, they're serve they're um, they're they're uh, putting olive oil in coffee. I guess that's a big deal. It's like old school in in Italy. They do that like a lot. No, yeah. oh, but no, really, olive, yeah. I know some people talk about throwing a thing of butter in their coffee. Have you tried that? I'm like, no. Okay, no, I'm not trying it. There's this place in New York that has butter egg coffee. They they whip up butter and eggs and stir it into the coffee and serve it to you. No, <laughs> no. But uh, the um in the Himalayas, <laughs> that reminds me of a reminds me of a song uh, that we wrote in my band. Just for fun, one day we wrote a punk rock song called Lung Chunks. And uh, <laughs> we were coming up with lines, and one became a permanent line. Lindsay, the bass player, wrote that line. It was um, even in he'd. Uh, I was doing the vocals, and then it would the song would change, and he'd come up banging away on the bass, and he'd go, he'd come up to the mic, he goes, even in the Himalayas, all among monks, blow lung chunks. <laughs> Anyway, in the Himalayas, they put butter in tea. It's real, real common. I guess that's their their butter tea. He says that uh, a friend of mine was there, and he says it's just disgusting. The big old, <laughs> <laughs> big old greasy lump of butter in their tea. He goes, and yet they live to be a hundred and <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, all good, good, good stuff. What time is it on the moon? I don't know. Eleven thirty-four Eastern There's time. That. Europe is actually pushing for lunar time zones. Europe, amazing. Yes, Europe. Them Europeans. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're a boy, when you go. When you when you go into the bathroom, and you're a girl when you leave the bathroom, what are you when you're in the bathroom? European. Okay, that was. I was thinking that was you know you can make a Schrodian Schrodery Schroderer's box. What's that? The Schrodinger's cat. cat? Yeah, in but you bath- know you don't know the sex of somebody. In the box until you look in the box. Yeah, you don't know the sex of somebody in the bathroom until you look in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that boy's a genius. Bentley Meadows a genius. Like, you're bringing quantum physics into the conversation. Boy's a genius. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Give that boy a trophy. Does when a tree falls, does anybody hear it if nobody's around? Or nobody doesn't make a sound. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> uh. we, we were, I was in the hiring hall and we were all standing around the window just before the hire. And that's when like everybody's kind of spread out in the hall. But when they 
call uh, um, uh, men men without opportunity, men with opportunity, upgraders, traders, one-dayers. Right then, we all step up because now it's going to be our turn. The the B man. Anyway, so we're in there standing around. We're glad close to each other, and we're all start talking to each other. And I said, "Hey, has anybody seen the movie Cocaine Bear? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the previews for that? I saw a moment of it, and I was like, "No way! I'm not even. No way! No way! See it, dude." <clears throat> I get it. I'm dra- dragging there. my wife to go see it. That's going to be a tougher issue, but because I don't want to go alone. Why do that to her? I don't want to love sleep. her. Oh no, she loves me, so she has to support me while she, we go. That's, and- what, what? What's going on? Are you sure? Coke, you know. <laughs> God's doing you a favor. Maybe He's punishing her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come on, dude. We're gonna get in the car. Get your wig on straight. We're gonna go see. We're gonna go watch the Cocaine Bear. It's based on a true story. That's why I was. That's why I was telling the story about us all standing, in, you know, in front of the window in the hiring hall. Anyway, so I saw the previews, and it's uh, apparently this bear that like. Uh, eats a bunch of cocaine and then goes on this wild killing spree or they feed it a bunch of cocaine and it goes on a wild killing spree. I can't remember which it is. I can't imagine. Well, if it ate a bunch of cocaine, it wouldn't be able to fill its face. (laughs) (laughs) So it would be just sitting there touching its face. Yeah. Well, I saw this preview and the bear eats a whole bunch of cocaine and then, because it, like, finds, a, like, a, a, I don't know, like a backpack in the woods, maybe it dropped out of a parachute that nobody got or they couldn't get to in time. The bear got it first. I think that's how it goes in the movie. They're, like, going in to recover a drug drop in the forest. Yeah. And before they could get to it, the bear gets to it. He eats the cocaine and goes on this wild rampage. That's what the movie's about, right? Right. Okay, so we're in the hiring hall, and I go, hey, has anybody seen Cocaine Bear? The previews? No, but I saw the previews. That's radical. Yeah. Bear eats the cocaine and just goes on this rampage killing everybody. And one of the guys goes, oh, I said, hey, it's based on a true story, though. And they're like, yeah, that's what I heard. One of the guys knows the story. He goes, yeah. Do you know the story, the true story? I go, we're all like, no. He goes, okay, here's the true story. The bear ate the cocaine and died. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, I guess it found they did like a parachute drop or whatever. Or did they find like raw cocaine? Because there's a difference sometimes between cocaine and cocaine, cocaine that people buy down the street in a little plastic dime bag. Yeah. That's been mixed with, uh, what do they mix with? I used to know Some what they mix Baby laxative. No, that's baby baby powder is baby formula. That's math. That's what baby powder. Baby, pa- baby, powder. baby laxative, with uh, they would cut it with cocaine. No, they it's like powdered infamil. It's like the baby. Um, well, I don't know what they do with now. Yeah, well, meth. That's baby. why people would have a little uh, diarrhea poopy. 
Oh, okay, baby laxative. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe that's. I'm not wrong. I'm telling you, brother. There's probably like 10,000 ways to cut it. The baby (laughs) laxative is popular, huh? It was one of the uh, uh, safest, cheapest, (laughs) as my friend told me, Uh who's sitting there with this giant chunk of yellow block of. Wasn't even a block. It was like a. They didn't even make it into a block. They made it into like this pile of yellow Coke. I was like, what the hell, dude? He's like, yeah. How, who it, would say that? I don't know. This is where he how he did things. I uh, <laughs> Later on that night was the last time he saw me for a long time because I slid out a window and uh, left my Bible <clears throat> <laughs> on a bed with hey man you need to read this and just left my bible right there and walked out and thumbed back to the house i thumbed a couple hours away i was like man ain't no way i'm around anything like that yeah it's you can get some my cousin was a cocaine dealer and this guy used to come over this big fat guy used to come over and he'd He'd suck about like a, a like a what a gram and a half up his nose all at once. It was like this big pile. He would come over, and I remember telling him, "Dude, I go, man, like if that guy's gonna have a drop dead of a heart attack right here in your dining room, what are you gonna do? Room <laughs> table, <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do, Steven? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you got a point there. Maybe I just and so the next time he came over, I was there and. Um, Steven goes, you know what? Why don't you just kind of take this with you? Like, no, don't do it here. Don't do it here. Here, here's a little extra too. Don't do none. Go down the road. The guy goes, what are you afraid I'm going to drop dead right here in the dining room? And I started busting up laughing. I go, yes. <laughs> <He's> a- <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Dude, that is exactly what he's afraid of. You don't want to explain that to the police. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so yeah, the so the the true story was the coke the bear did find the cocaine was like dropped out of an airplane into the forest, and he ate it and he died pretty much instantly. He never hurt anybody or did, never did anything but die. He just kind of dropped dead right next to the bag of cocaine. <laughs> It was like in a backpack or something. It was like well, what else? It must have had something else with it. No, it was probably straight. I remember one of the, another funny, a cocaine funny story, a buddy of mine. I had like this little bit in a dime bag. And uh, I was going to give it to somebody else. And uh, my buddy's like, hey, man, I ain't ever tried that. I don't want to try it, but what's that like? I was like, you really want to know what it's like? He's like, yeah. I was like, take your finger and wet the end of it. And stick it down in here and <laughs> rub it around real good. I was like, now, rub that on your gums. Now, that won't, like, yeah, but that's not going to let you know what it feels like. That's just going to make your gums numb. That's what I did. I took it down, rub it on your gums and your tongue. And like, uh, I don't know, 10 seconds later, he's like, hey, man, I can't feel my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing. 
Oh, that is so funny. That that reminds me of the um <laughs> my boss um had this um had this guy that bully that used to push people around when he was a kid and they got him really stoned on acid and spent like eight hours messing with his head. <laughs> oh, the guy was freaking out. I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. They're going, Yeah, you probably will. Yeah, and I'm leaving, so give that a second. Don't die yet. What should I what should I do? What should I do? Well, why don't you stick your finger down your throat and try to barf it up? It might take you an hour. So the guy's in the sink with his finger down his throat for like an hour trying to barf it up. Can't, you can't barf up LSD. It soaks into your skin. It soaks oh, yeah. Throat. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You're going to just ride that out, dude. Go sit in a corner and suck on your thumb. That's it. Just give him a pillow in your thumb. You're going to be good. <laughs> That's about all you can do. You got to ride it out. Ride it out, buddy. He's so after he got done trying to make himself Stay bar. away from the cliffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can fly. I can fly. But, yeah, after uh, he got done tr- trying to make himself bar for an hour, they took turns. Different people when I was out in Moab, Utah. Hello. Hello. Yeah, and? Moab, Utah. Okay, uh, out in Moab, Utah, I was a hiker extraordinaire. And every now and then, some touristy people would be like, hey, man, I'd love to go out in the desert. Take me out in the desert real far and let's do some of this LSD or blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, what? And I'm like, uh-uh. I'm not taking any of that around any of these cliffs or anything with tourists and me, but alone but tourists no way man i was like well i'll be walking off a cliff around here there is a thousand ways to die and i'm not doing that out here oh in moab i've been to yeah. Moab. yeah and you can like be walking along and there's a cliff that it doesn't look like there would be a cliff there yeah and there's a cliff there hello <laughs> oh <laughs> just one wrong step it's like being on a container ship oh man it took me years to be able to get the lay of the land and figure it out by looking at what i was seeing there's what i was seeing and what's really there yeah and there's signs up warning people on a lot of the places but nobody pays attention to them no in fact moab has a problem with people falling off cliffs as i remember oh yeah they'll do it that's a good place to do it you know, <laughs> i had those hateful customers at this hotel and i sent them to a good bike shop to rent their bikes right because i would get a little deal from them if i sent people down there i'll get a envelope in a month with my little earnings from them right and so i sent this couple who i didn't care for they were kind of asses and uh, a little bit later they show back up and i know they're beginners i was like oh if you're beginner, they'll give you everything you need you know and uh so uh, they got everything they need to look stupid. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, so uh, where they uh, they tell you to go to? And they're like, oh, they told us to go do the Moab portal. And I was like, what? Uh, I was like, did you who did you did you piss them off down there? And they're like, what? And I was like, man, that's like the most dangerous trail you could do as an expert. 
<laughs> to, to, to do that. I was like, no. And uh, I was like, I called down to the people at the shop. I was like, what in the world? Did, who? What? And they told me. And I was like, man, you can't do that to people. <laughs> you know, and I got off and told them where to go. But I was like, no, man. And I told those people, you need to learn how to act. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't. Yeah, that's like. They were going to send them to their death. They never made it down it. That's like, that reminds me of this one joke. Okay, so Batman and these two other guys are partying on top of this. They're partying on top of this super tall building in Gotham. You told this last time. Oh, I did? Yeah. Never mind. That was a good joke, too. You ruined it. It was a good one. You could have played along like you'd never heard it. I can't do it. But you know what? I won a couple bets with that joke. I got a different version of it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, uh, somebody's like, I don't like jokes, man. I was like, I got one joke that will make you laugh. And they're like, well, no, there isn't a joke. I was like, well, then do you won't mind if I tell it to you? <laughs> you know, and I set that joke up real well, and you can't do anything but laugh at my punchline, punch which that one he goes down across the street back into a bar. And the bartender brings him over his rum and coke, and he says, "Damn, you sure are a mean son of a bitch when you're drinking Superman." Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just that that is a good one. Yeah, so I, I bet people on that one. I was like, "Well, okay," but you drink, but you fight out a bit. You'll laugh at this joke. And that reminds me of a joke. Uh, just like that, a bar joke, just like that. I'll bet you. How does that go? I forgot. But I remember that the uh, the piece of string that goes into the bar. And he hops up on the bar stool and he goes, "Bartender, give me a give me a beer." Bartender goes, "I'm I'm not gonna serve you." He's like, "Why the hell not?" He goes, "Because you're you're a piece of string." And he so he ties himself up. He goes, "Nope, I'm afraid not." I got a punchline for you. I can't remember the joke at all, but I love the punchline. <laughs> and <laughs> what's the punchline? Because we don't serve beer to bears. In bars in Boise. Because we don't. Yeah, I've heard that joke. I can't remember the joke. I can remember the punchline. Oh, that's right. Oh, guy walks into the bar with a parrot. Says, um, guy walks into the bar with a parrot on his on his shoulder, and you know. this thing, uh, it not it not only you know just doesn't it not only like repeats words that you tell it, but it actually you know will tell you a story. And the bartender's like, "No way, <laughs> no, no way." He goes, "Yeah, it'll actually like sit there and tell you a whole story." <clears throat> Bartender says, "Okay, <clears throat> show me." 
So the story is delivered, and the bartender is just absolutely amazed. And when it's all over, um, the bartender goes, wow, that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. What else? What else can it do? And the parrot looks at the guy, at the man, and says, well, <laughs> well, <laughs> if you give me a couple peanuts, I bet I can get it to play dead. <laughs> oh, my wife actually smiled at that one. That was a bad, that was a bad delivery. You had me at, well, <laughs> well I've been around me. some birds that talk and have <laughs> one go, well, <laughs> the pair looks at the I guy. I would be interested oh, right there. Peanuts, I bet I could get it to play dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, speaking of ridiculous, um, um, this is a true story, AP News. Um Russian President Vladimir Putin, we all love him, right? Russian President Vladimir Putin on Monday bestowed a state decoration on Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal, the action movie actor who also holds Russian citizenship. The awarding of the Order of Friendship was announced on Russian government's internet portal. No, oh, there's a butthole who likes another butthole. <laughs> we can be friends. <laughs> They've been buddies for a long time. Oh, uh, but he gave him an actual official honor, bestowed friendship, official. Well, bestowed. I mean, that you know is the operative word there, isn't it? He bestowed. Steven Seagal, like, dude, he's he's. I've seen pretty much all of his movies, you know. I'm a Seagal fan, but he is really a butthole. He is not a nice person. I've heard that about him. <laughs> and and his hair never, ever got messed up. No. Dude had perfect hair in every shot. He'd get blown through a window and roll through a whole bunch of stuff and catch on fire and knock it out and punch a few people in his stand up and his hair be perfect. Oh, yeah. Have you seen any of his latest movies? No, I refuse to watch any of them. Oh. Well, in the old days, he used to, you know, do a lot of jumping and kicking and punching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, well, now when he gets, you know, he's getting really old. Now when he gets well, in fights, yeah. like, somebody will come and attack him, and he'll just kind of move his elbow and, like, his thumb and thumb him in the eyeball, and they'll drop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's well, there you go. He doesn't even move. That's an Aikido right there. He gets in all these fights, and he doesn't even move. (laughs) He's that good now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't like him anymore. Mexican president posts photo of what he claims is an elf. Hello. Oh. AP News. It's the AP Fire, Mexico City. I I heard something about that. Yeah, I didn't. I'd heard something, and they lost me when you know they said an elf, and I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yes, Mexico's (laughs) president posted a photo on his social media account Saturday, showing what he said appeared to be. Oh, 
Mexican. See that I can't read on these podcasts like you guys can. Everybody would know if I was like reading a script. I would be. Oh, it'd be bad. Mexico's president posted a photo on his social media accounts Saturday, showing what he said appeared to be a mythical <laughs> woodland spirit similar to an elf. Mm-hmm. Similar. President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. Does he got four names? He does. He has four names. Obrador. That's like a Labrador, right? Only like different. It's like well, a Mexican- he's probably a serial killer at the least with a name like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that guy hasn't killed some people. Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador. That's his, like, he's got four names. What's his origin story? That's what I want to see. Is that something Stan Lee would have drawn up for us? (laughs) (laughs) He did not seem to be joking when he posted the photo of an alux. It's called an alux. Alux. A, A mischievous woodland spirit in Mayan folklore. Interesting. Well... We're not gonna um we're not gonna go much further uh than that on this on this episode. Do you have anything more to add to this session, Bentley Meadows? The session of let's get jacked up. Well, a uh Florida man died from a brain eating amoeba after Ooh. rinsing sinuses with tap water. Uh... I've heard that. that happened to a lady about 10 years ago. I remember reading about it. It was in the shower. She was doing it in the shower, like sucking water up her nose. And she got a brain-eating amoeba. Is that what happened to this guy, sort of like that? Yep, brain-eating amoeba. Uh, does it like like go in there? Rinsing just like- with tap water. So does I don't it- know if he was in a shower. Does it take like tiny bites? <laughs> I don't know, but there's like some kind of face eating thing going on too. And I'm like, what in the world? The, and they're like, here's some pictures at this point. I'm like, I don't even know. You see this brain eating amoeba and it looks like you focus in. It looks like Pac-Man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't rinse uh, sinus rinses. I'm like, huh? Because listen, at the beginning of uh, covid People talking about doing nasal rinses it would help you to rinse it out of your nasal. And I'm like, and here and they're like, here's how you do it. And I'm like, no, I'd puke all over the place if I tried to do something like that. Oh, yeah, friends of mine, I have a few friends that are really into that Novage. Have you seen that thing? No. Oh, no. is got- it something similar? I'm like, no, I'm not interested. Like, no, really. Well, it forces water through your nose and then one up one nostril and out the other it's got this cycle it goes in this cycle it shows this lady this like model putting it up to her nose and turning it on and it's you out i'm like you what you got a bidet for your nose (laughs) that reminds me this is no lie this true story i had this dream and uh it was a really you know one of those dreams it's like it's you're like, it's a real, you're in like real life and you remember it forever. I'm in this bar. There's this like biker bar. And this guy looks over at me and goes, how's it going? Make big, big ass biker, mangy looking gnarly dude. How's it going? And I go, 
all right. And uh, he goes, you want a beer? I said, sure. He buys me a beer. I'm like, thanks, man. He goes, yeah, no problem. He goes, hey, um, he goes, uh, you know those um, toilets that they got like in Saudi Arabia, Japan, where they they like got this, it's got this sprayer in the bottom, in the bowl, and it like sprays your butthole so you don't have to use toilet paper. And the way, I just, I knew it was a setup somehow. He was in, set in your in, dream. This is a dream I had. Yeah, it was okay. a real dream I had. Honestly, guys, it's a real dream I had. Okay. And he goes, and I knew when he asked me, he goes, you know what that's called? And I just knew he was setting me up. I go, this, I, you know how you get that feeling? You're being set up. You're like, eh, something's not right about this. Right. Right. So I'm like, I look at him and I go, I knew. I mean, I knew. But I look at him, I go, man, no, nah, I've never heard of that. That sounds really weird. And this other guy on the other side of him goes, oh, those are called a bidet. And the guy goes, the, the biker gets up and he goes, you little fag. And he grabs him and he just starts beating the hell out of him. And I'm, thinking, <laughs> I'm sitting at the bar drinking my beer thinking, man, I'm, man, I'm glad I didn't fall for that one. I knew that was a setup. Bidet. Oh, it's called a bidet. <laughs> I installed uh, a couple one day, and uh, after I was done, the when I was telling her about the pressure, I was like, I haven't got to there. And she's like, oh, no, I got this. And she went over there and immediately sprayed her face like it's just insane water pressure. It was crazy. Why? Uh, she didn't mean to do it, I don't think. But uh, she knew that she had to adjust it a lot now at that point. I think she didn't do it the same way after that. So she wasn't stupid. I bought my first ever. I was working on the rebuilding the bedroom. Bidet. 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 Oh, you mean she stuck her face in the toilet bowl of a bidet? and Over it. She was like over her toilet bowl <laughs> on her knees. <laughs> With her I, hand on it. Sprayed herself with the guard nose or something. No, this was, she stuck her face in a bidet. Yeah. accidentally hit the lever. Yeah. <laughs> I got to watch that. And, and. She got home. Give her a second. I told her, and uh, she looked at me and I was like, I'm going to give you a second before I start laughing. And she started laughing. <laughs> oh, that's great! You gave her a delay. I couldn't do that. I wouldn't be mad. I didn't give you a delay. You're oh. a real nice lady. That's pretty embarrassing. That one right there. Even though everything there is, <laughs> it was all beautiful, clean porcelain. Everything about it was. I just got finished doing it, so it was all cleaned up, perfect. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, everything was good to go. And uh, I even installed those toilets. <laughs> So it was uh, <laughs> it was good to go, but it was very funny. I, mean, I was like, "Gonna give oh. you a second. Oh, what an interesting toilet! What a <laughs> oh, that's great! It was like uh, the time I was trying to tell the boss man that uh, some guy was smoking the uh, some kind of crack or meth in the bathroom. He 
kept going in there and uh and it was his cousin because i was like why is that asshole working with us and then he's like his cousin i was like oh okay don't say anything okay yeah <laughs> anyway when I, I was like uh hey man your cousin is uh i don't know what's going on really i was like but uh for some reason your cousin's in there burning wire <laughs> in the bathroom and he's like Weird. what burning wire burning wire smells like he's burning wire burning wire <laughs> like burning the like the insulation off a of wire you mean yeah oh i do that when i'm hooking up a, like car stereos and stuff this guy taught me that trick you just take your lighter and you just it's like why's he do that <laughs> but <laughs> what, he, what he's doing is smoking that crack i guess it smells weird i smoked it once um in 1986 I smoked it once. Some freebase. Uh, they, they didn't call it crack back in the 80s. They called it freebase. Anyway. Well, that uh, was when you cooked it yourself at the house. Yeah. You, you made crack. Yeah, it was. the t- You take the cocaine and you mix it. You have a, like, a, like a, a bottle with half water and half ether. And the ether's on the top. And you shake the cocaine up in the mixture and then set the bottle down. And the, the the cocaine gets dissolved in the ether on the top, and the rest of the nasty stuff goes into the water on the bottom. It's like half and half, like oil and water is what it looks like. And then you <laughs> pour the ether off onto a mirror, and, let, and the ether just evaporates. It just goes, you know, and it's gone. leaves this hazy white film on the mirror, and you scrape it off, up with a razor blade, and you've got a pile of pure cocaine. And man, I tell you, I smoke some of that, and I—I want to tell you what—I don't care who you are, the Pope, President, Mother Teresa. You hit that stuff, you're gonna like it. I, there's no way anybody could ever take a big old hit of crack cocaine and say, you know what, I don't particularly care for this. No, that's 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 not gonna happen. I—I <laughs> I have, I can say that I haven't had a chance to do that. I knew. Oh, that. don't! It's so wonderful. Don't do it. I'm I'd say. I grew up in that that neighborhood. I saw it all, so I knew none of that was for me. Like I knew, like cocaine. I knew I would love it, but I also knew from growing up that I would never be able to afford it. Anybody I saw who loved it, the life became very miserable for them. Oh yeah, they spend all their money, and then they go into debt. Some even take out loans from loan sharks and. You know, I mean, oh yeah, it can get hairy. Some of those drugs that you can get in, and then some of them you die. You yeah, know, depending on you know, not necessarily the cocaine. If you got into different things like the uh, like uh, heroin and and uh, yeah, that kind of thing. The thing about cocaine is it's not that dangerous for you. It's what you are the are the danger. Yeah, you can't afford it. Yeah, you can't afford it, and then when you're on it, you do this really stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think I've only known like maybe two functionally cocaine heads. Yeah, two dudes that had their stuff. You know, their life was together enough that they could actually do the cocaine, and they kept all the. You know, they were functioning like a functioning alcoholic. They were functionally oh, yeah. cokeheads. Oh yeah, I've known people like that. It's people that realize that. You got to do it and then walk away from it for 
however many days or weeks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're weekend warrior type people. Yeah, they're not a cocaine bear. Yeah, not the cocaine. No, not there. <laughs> you can't be a cocaine bear with cocaine. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, let's um bring this back. Well, let's let's take this bus. Let's take this bus and put it in the garage, Bentley. I'm about ready to fade away. I'm about to fade away. I gotta get up and work tomorrow. Yeah. Anyway, so <clears throat> um uh you know what um. You know, we're Christians here, even though we're really wild and pretty, pretty crazy. But, you know, um, we all this, all this to tell you that Jesus is your only hope in this life and the life to come. Um, If you don't have Jesus, you ain't got nothing. You may think you got a lot, but you ain't got nothing. And if you're really freaking out, maybe you're coming down off cocaine right now and you're starting to realize, you know what, this life ain't got much really, this is life is tough. And then what's going to happen when I die? Well, that's why we believe in Jesus. Am I lying to you, Bentley Meadows? No. I mean, I got this, you know, uh, ask for him to come into your heart. That's it. Easy peasy. Yeah. Say, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. I don't necessarily believe in you, but could you reveal yourself to me? Uh, I heard this weird guy on the radio, internet radio, Johnny and Bentley Meadows talking about how I'm supposed to ask you to reveal yourself to me and then see what happens. I never, you know, I never met anybody who's actually sincerely said that prayer and something didn't happen. You know what I mean? Right. Well, you know, it's a it's a good one. You it's, it's, you're reaching I, out, and he's there. I mean, that's kind of like bam. You get this thing, and you're like, all of a sudden, you're warm and fuzzy. I never had no. that experience. To be honest with you, no. And uh, you know, I was ever since I was a baby. I was in the church. I just was. It was a part of me. It's in my blood, I suppose, you know, when it comes to some of this and knowing the Lord. But I've seen people get that, and I'm like, wow. And I've experienced it from other people's perspective, being around them and being able to see it. But, uh, yeah, I I that's cool. I was that's the, something I'll miss out on, though, I guess. Of the warm fuzzies? Yeah, the warm fuzzies. I'm like, I don't really got that. No, I've got the, uh, I've already got it covered. You know, uh, I was probably like four when I got mine. I just can't remember it. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know if I got warm and fuzzies. I got a reality shift. I saw the world differently all of a sudden. Bam! It was that was shocking. Really, when I got saved um, in 1985, snake bite Pentecostal church, people rolling around the floor speaking in tongues, literally laying hands on me. Jesus, 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 have mercy on this boy, Jesus. Anyway, when I got up off that altar, all of a sudden, like, oh my God, everything was different. I was like, not different um 
I didn't feel different. My eyes were opened. I was like, oh, wow, now I understand what sin is and why I need a savior. It was all like uh, supernatural, like, thrown on me. Like, maybe it was the Holy Spirit. I guess it obviously was. The Holy Spirit just opened my eyes and I was like, oh, wow, now I get it. That's what happened to me. It was wasn't warm and fuzzy. It was scary. Cuz I didn't know the world was that wicked. I didn't know. I had no well, yeah, idea, baby. I had no idea. Lucifer I mean, like, for is that work? Yeah. And he's playing for keeps. Yeah, it behooves him. He too, you know, he's trying to destroy God's creation because he hates us that much that god loves us more than he loved lucifer and it upset him like in his panties or in a wad yeah and he doesn't necessarily have a problem with us he just knows that when he hurts us he he hurts god's feelings yeah well he's supposed to uh you know bow down you know to us Satan didn't like that idea. He's like, no, I don't like people. Yeah, who, who, these are these are just barely talking. They're they're like apes that are just like a little bit more sophisticated. I'm like, <laughs> He's like, what do you mean they're greater? I gotta look out and look at them. They're supposed to be my boss. What? What? <clears throat> We've all that had that happen where we're working in somewhere and then some like idiot like. Like, yeah, so he's like a disgruntled he's big your boss. God's <laughs> disgruntled son, who's a brother of the rest of them. You know, it's like disgruntled McDonald's worker, <laughs> that right. whiny kid. No, he's got like a degree in like nuclear physics, and like uh, the sixteen-year-old kid with zits became his boss all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's what he is, really. So I would love to meet him. Like, man, really, you you got like daddy issues, really, when we break it down. Yeah, and well, you can't blame him, really. I mean, I guess anybody would feel that way, but that's well, he's got to, you know, God knows what he's doing. I guess. Oh yeah, no, it was one of you know, so he did it on purpose. I guess apparently somewhere along the line he really blew it somehow and decided he was going to be bigger than God and overthrow God's kingdom, and that was a bad idea. It was a bad, you know, it's got to happen. It says I will. Whatever it is, I guess, you know, free will. Some people, you know, my free will is, you know, climbing to the top of a mountain and being like, ooh, can can you see the earth curving? And we up high enough, but some other people's uh, free will takes them to some really crazy um, answers, man. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know how people get there sometimes. Some of the craziness I see on the news. Like, what in the world? Yeah, I mean, there. I mean, there are people that are stupid enough to think that they can rise above whoever and overthrow them and they can't it's not possible i mean there's people that think they can apparently like in the old testament like nimrod apparently he thought he could build a tower and go up to heaven and 
overthrow God or whatever. People talk about delusional. <clears throat> I mean, how yeah, you, like uh, what kind of answer is that? How are you going to overthrow the creator of the universe? That's got to be tough. <laughs> Who talked him into that? You know, there had to be a woman involved. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. There always is, huh? <laughs> well, something like that. Like, you can't, why else would you come up with that? With your, with your drinking bunnies over his John Deere tractor one night? Come on. Oh, yeah. He had this really hot girl saying, dude, you got to overthrow God. And he's like, yeah, okay. Uh, you can do it. Look at what everything else. This is you can build a tower to God. Kick his ass. <laughs> it's hard to believe people were that foolish and well delusional is, is the word delude, deluded delusional deluded. lying to themselves how often do we lie to ourselves though bentley uh 36 <laughs> times a day i'm telling you man <laughs> hang it up. all right we're gonna hang it up here now as timmy would say before he closes out the session of let's get jacked up what does timmy say i'll bet now okay this is now we're putting bentley meadows on the spot Lizard people are real. <laughs> Do not bow to the reptilian overlords. <laughs> Lizard people are real. Oh, Timmy says every time until week next week, remember, be in the world, but not of this world. All right. Good night, everybody. Oh, yeah. Peace. Oh, yes. Man.